0: Thank you for the privilege to share God's word with His Let us pray. Everlasting Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for the grace and mercy upon our life. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for your word that you have prepared even to bless your people. Lord, we pray that each and every one of us will be blessed today in the name of Jesus. Let your word liberate us, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray that your word, O oh Lord, will go forth and bless your people beyond measure in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, ben, this is our month of me- uh, divine remembrance. And I believe we all remember that last Sunday uh, was the Remembrance Sunday. You know, when war breaks out, lots of young men and women men will have to leave their family to fight for their land, to fight for their country, and we also understand that some of these people are maybe newly wedded, some of them are new parents, some of them are husbands, their wives, their are mothers, but they have to let go and fight for their land, and the peace that many of these people have fought for. While we are living our life today. So, while we are celebrating this divine event, we also need to recall that somebody, some people, have given their life in order for us to enjoy peace. We cannot forget them. And that leads me nicely into today's discussion. But before then, I just want us to have a very quick recap. For the past two Sundays, we have been looking at Divine Remembrance, and God, through our pastor, spoke to us about when God remembers. Praise the Lord. And in the sermon, our pastor tells us about how God remembers, and how we provoke his remembrance. Last Sunday, again, uh, we learned about the call to Divine Remembrance. And we called from that Sunday, the Lord, our pastor, uh, the first day, was making us it. to remember certain things about God. His goodness, His creativity, His love, His mercy. And today, by the grace of God, I want us to look at the topic, forget me not. Hallelujah. I want you to help you with me, forget me not. And the anchor text is Psalm 103 verse 15 to 18. I'm reading the new international version Psalm 103 verse 15 to 18. If you have your Bible, feel free uh, to open your Bible. The word of the Lord says the life of mortal is like grass. They flourish like a field of like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remember it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness with their children's children. With this, with those who are who keeps His command uh, covenant and remembers to obey His precepts. The Lord bless His word in Jesus' name. As a form of introduction, I want to talk to you very briefly about the legend of the forget flower. Now, this is a flower that the story goes on that after Adam has named the animals and the plants he went to God and said God I've done what you asked supposed to do I've named the plants, I've named the animals and when Adam was talking to God there was a very little cry saying do not forget me then God looked at this little flower and God says indeed your name will be called forget me not now whether this legend is true or not i want you to understand that there is always a cry to be remembered in everyone praise the lord when was the last time in your heart of heart you wished somebody who has forgotten you and not forgotten you? when was the last time you cried and you longed for somebody to just say hello Remember when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, one of the thieves on his right hand said, Jesus, when you get to your kingdom today, remember And Jesus Christ indeed said, I will today be you will be in your kingdom. So, like we desire God to remember us, we also desire not to be forgotten by people around us. Yes, people to be in spouse, children. They could also be your friends, or even strangers. We all desire nothing because of you. I have seen people who, in the course of their old age, develop dementia, Alzheimer's disease. And one of the implications of this elderly disease is that they lose their memory. And then you see someone who will not be able to remember their spouse for over 14 years. And his spouse would be crying, it's, "It's me, it's me." But yet, the will you ask for Imagine the of it, that Somebody who has spent forty years, fifty years of their life together, and no longer. So, I studied in Nigeria, and in my second grade school, when really about to graduate. There are certain things we used to do, and you remember people write on the class wall. The trees, forget me nots, write their name, their nickname, that's as you will hear. Somebody will say, uh, "So and so was here, class of 2000." Why? Because people want to be remembered. You see, people who go to maybe school, they donate a block of building, and those buildings are named after them. Why? Because they want to be remembered. And I believe each and every one of us here we want to be remembered. But the question is, by who? Who do you want to remember you? So, for you and I to be remembered, it depends on our deeds, depends on our actions. The life that we live, that will help us to be remembered, is a self-sacrificing life. If you look at the screen, you can see somebody laying down to us through. Now in this day and age, people will consider it as madness. They view it negatively when you decide to live a self-sacrificing life. But for us as Christians, self-sacrificing life is the armor of Christianity. We wouldn't be here seated as Christians if Jesus had not laid down his life. We wouldn't be here saying, we are Christen, professing Christ, if we had not died on the cross of Calvary. So if you look at the New Testament, self-sacrifice is the major thing in the Testament. And I will read Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. If you have your Bible, you want you to read with me. The Bible says, who being in the nature of God, did not consider equity with God to be used to his advantage. Rather, He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Hallelujah. Imagine the creator of the universe, the creator of man, subjecting himself to serving the same man, and even to be crucified by the same man. Our self-sacrificing life is a life that is driven by love. I remember listening to the news about uh, athletes who, instead of going forward to win the race, went ahead to save or to support their competitors to cross the to over the crossing line or the finish line. Many a times we say, oh, when the competitor fell down for any reason, that's an opportunity for you to actually have the advantage. But yet, we have seen people who, who sacrifice their own achievement in order to help other people achieve their own goal. That is biblical self-sacrifice. It is that willingness to set aside your own desire for the good of others. When was the last time you said to somebody, You go ahead? When was the last time? It, it, it might not even be a career thing. Maybe you are at the supermarket, you have a basket load of shopping, and somebody is carrying just one item. Have you said to that person, You go ahead? Yeah, some of our sisters are shaking their head, they won't do that. But that is the hallmark of Christianity. Why? Because your own shopping will take longer, but that will be very quick and it won't even cost you more because by the time you're unloading your shopping, this person has already checked out. That is self-sacrifice. And then when, many times when I do this in the supermarket, somebody will ask me, are you sure? Because it is not common. However, for us as Christians, for us to dominate, we must live a self-sacrificial life, such that people will ask you, why have you done this? And then you are able to say, it is for the love of Christ. And that is the powerful message. Even without you saying, open your Bible to the verse or scripture. So, a self-sacrificing life is one that is characterized by a service-driven love. Let's open our Bible again to the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 13 to 14. The love that we have for Christ should prompt us to serve others. Bible says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, praise the Lord. You can see here that we are encouraged to serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. In this month of remembrance we we are remembering soldiers who died in the first world war, second world war and several other other wars. They wouldn't have died if they decided not to let's go and just fight for their nation. I know there were times that people are forced into war, but there are still people who are fighting wars now because they choose to be a soldier. Many of us, we are having a career in other areas of life because we have not been forced into becoming soldiers. But there are people who are willing to lay down their life for the sake of peace. Bible tells us again in the book of uh, John chapter 15, verse 13. It says, greater love has no one than this. Let's read together. To lay down one's life for one's friend. Hallelujah. Do you have a friend that you can lay down your life for? Praise God. It's a very interesting one because even we have heard stories of spouse needing organ donation and the other person said, no, 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 I can't do this. Praise God. But Jesus laid down his life for our own sake. Now, you might not need to physically die for another person. You might not need to. But there are instances that you let go of your own desire for the sake of somebody else. And that is what Christ is calling us to. Look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 to 40. Jesus Christ was saying to these people, that the, 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 the greatest kind of love is when you see somebody that is hungry and you fed the person. And Jesus said, I came to you, but you did not feed me. I came to you naked, but you did not even clothe me. I came to you hungry, but you did not even feed me. But they said, Master or teacher, when did we do this? Can we ever see you naked, and will not clothe you. Can we ever see you hungry, and we will not feed you? Jesus Christ responded, inasmuch as you have not done this to these people, you have not done it to me. And if Scripture tells us that, how can we say we love God, when the people around us, we fail to love them? There is no way you can profess God, love for God that you have not seen, when you do not love your neighbor. And so, brethren, I want to encourage us today, and we'll be looking at two points to drive home the point, my points about self-sacrificing uh, love. First one is that your service-driven love is deeply rooted in generosity. Your service-driven love should be deeply rooted in generosity. Our generosity as Christians, brethren, should be born out of our love for God as well as our compassion for people. We love God, yes, we are tongue-speaking Christians, but because we love God, then we should be generous to other people. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Begin to reflect on the last time you have the opportunity, the privilege, to share two things, one out of the two things or more that you have, and you fail to do it. There are many of us that there are clothes in your wardrobe that you have not worn in five years, and yet they are still there. Start thinking there are people who have no clothes to wear. And you really say you love God when you have the opportunity to give and you are failing to give. Matthew 15 verse 32. The Bible says Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. When Jesus fed the four thousand, When he fed the 5,000, when he healed the sick, when he healed the blind, they were all born out of compassion. When was the last time you had compassion on somebody? Begin to reflect on this. Because if you cannot pinpoint that this is the last time that you have compassion on somebody, it could mean that you have not had compassion in a very long time. And if Jesus showed compassion on a daily basis, and you say, oh, I am a follower of Jesus, and you are not showing compassion, where is your evidence of being a follower of Christ? So brethren, for you to actually have the generosity that we are referring to, how can you go about it? The practical way you can do this, as a Christian, or as a believer, you can set aside a proportion of your income to be spent by others. You remark that in your budget, whatever, this amount of money will not be spent by me. Does that make sense? You just decide that I won't spend this proportion of my income. You worked for it. Yes, nobody is disputing it. But you know that there are people who cannot walk. Even though they have the desire to walk, they just cannot. For any reason, you can decide that yes, I'm going to give this arm to other people. Acts chapter 10, verse 2 to 4. We see here the story of Cornelius. The Bible says he and his household were devout and God fearing. How many of us are devoted here? Okay? How many of us are God-fearing here? Okay. This man that was devoted and God-fearing, look at what he did. He gave arms to the people and prayed to God regularly. How many of us pray to God regularly? How many of us give arms to the people regularly? Okay. You can see the number of arms. The difference is that. The word of God is coming to you this morning that if you pray regularly, if you are devoted you should also do like the colonials and give hand. The last scripture that I want us to read is Psalm 37 verse 26. The Bible says they are always generous and learn freely. Their children will be blessed. Many of us will have children, because many of us are parents, potential parents. Do you want your children to be blessed? Then begin to be generous and to learn freely. I pray God will help everyone of us to do this in Jesus' name. The second point that I will talk about is that your service yourself giving love, will not take advantage of others. Your service giving love will prevent you from taking advantage of others. The Bible is very clear on this. If you are an employer of labor, if you are a supervisor, if you are a boss, if you are in a position of power, you must not abuse your power to gain more for yourself at the expense of other people. Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 14 Bible says do not take advantage of a hired worker who is poor and needy. Whether that worker is a fellow Israelite or a foreigner residing in one of your towns. anything. Pay them below what they are yeah the the others are hearing even in the uk now we are the companies are expected to report on the difference between their uh, their, their gender gap, pay gap their numbers uh, they are very very stuck women are paid less than male, men why because you are black you are paid less than your white colleague. It's there. Why? It is because people do not have the service-driven love which will compel them not to take advantage of others. Remember a few months ago my wife took up a job and in the job she was being paid less than what the rate that was advertised, that's one Then, along the line, she discovered that she was being paid less than her colleagues. And then, when I heard this, I felt like, what is happening here? I said, tell them that they are in contravention of the employment law. And if they do not make it right, we take them to the employment tribunal. Now, people can take advantage of people because they think that they don't know the right thing. Or they take advantage of people because they know that they can't do anything. But that is not a Christian way. If you are a child of God, the love of God in you will constrain you from taking advantage of other people. Let's read more scriptures. Leviticus chapter 25 verse 17. The Bible says, do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. I am the Lord your God. Do not take advantage of each other. There are times that people offer you service and you know that this service that they have offered you is not something you can pay it for. Can You pay for it in gratitude. There are Christians who want to get the best quality job or best quality service from other Christians, but they want to pay less than the average price for that thing. How can you say you love God? And then you quote scriptures that everything a Christian does is up to God. And then you want to pay your brother and sister less than what they would have earned. That is you taking advantage of those that brother and sister. This should not be known among us in the church or among Christians. Let's look at the scripture again. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 6. Bible says here that and that in this matter. No one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. I believe no one wants to be punished here. If you don't want to be punished, then hear the word of the Lord. Do not take advantage of a brother or sister. These instances of even letting agents refusing to return student deposits because they know that their time is limited, they will leave the country anyway. If you are, if you know someone in that position, please tell them that that is the wrong thing to do. Praise the Lord. And there are many organizations and charities that would actually speak on your behalf. So, if you find yourself in a situation that you know that somebody is taking advantage of you, please speak up. Amen. Please speak up. Proverbs chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-two to twenty-three. Bible says, "Do not exploit the poor because they are poor, and do not crush the needy in court, for the Lord will take up their case and will exact life for life." God will take up their case. No. Uh, pastor Devoy used to say that if you if you are fighting with your pastor, or your pastor is angry at you, you can go to the senior pastor. Or if the senior pastor is angry at you, you can go to the general overseer. But if God is fighting you, who will represent you in that kind of battle? And here he's saying, do not exploit the poor because they are poor, and do not crush the needy in court. But the law will take up their case. When God takes up a case, it's like you are fighting against God. Who will represent you? Who will defend you? So we've seen stories or we've we, we've talked about being remembered. But for someone who takes advantage of the poor, they might be remembered, but the legacy that they are leaving behind is a very, very terrible one. Bible tells us again in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 7, 11, you must resolve in your heart that you will not leave anybody in a state worse than you met them. For you not to take advantage of people, you must resolve in your heart that if I'm meeting you, I'm meeting you for a purpose. And whenever we are departing, because we meet to part, we part to meet, I will not leave you state that is worse than how i met you and once you resolve in your mind in that way you will always look for opportunities you will always look for ways that you can be a blessing to other people you will always look for a way to help them to identify their potential and even to fulfill their potential and like i mentioned earlier if a brother or sister offer you their service and you are not able to pay their full price, please show your gratitude. Show your gratitude. There are many instances that we have people who do uh, who volunteers, for example, in the church, and they do one or two things. You know that that service can be something that they would have charged or asked for payment for. Appreciate it. When somebody offers you their service, please show gratitude. In conclusion, as a follower of Christ, we must live a life worthy of remembrance. We must live a life worthy of remembrance. And this life that is worthy of remembrance is a sacrificial life. A life that is characterized by service-driven love. The soldiers who went to the battle to fight, they were driven by a service-driven love. They, were, they, they laid down their life of a sacrificial one. Christ laid down his life, and here we are, we are remembering Christ on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. So if you want someone to remember you, then you must be willing to let go of your own desire in order for you, for that person, to advance or to make progress. And this love is deeply rooted in generosity, and it does not take advantage of the other. So, if you will live here with anything, it could be your resolve not to leave anybody in a worse state than you found them. And I pray God will help us to do this in the mighty name of Jesus. This lifestyle of living a sacrificial love, we are not doing it because we don't know how to do other things. We are doing it because we love God. And we know that it Jesus pleases God, our Father. And we are doing this because we want to be like Jesus who laid down his life to die for our sins. And it's my earnest prayer that God will help each and every one of us to live this sacrificial life in Jesus' name. Never leave anybody in a worse place than the fact we met there. Let us pray. If you are here and you know that one way or the other you in the past at the moment you are taking advantage of people, you are doing things contrary to the will of God and you want to just surrender to Christ. This is another opportunity for you to do this. Just want you to pray and say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. Please help me to be your follower. Help me to lead to even to, to acknowledge your sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. And help me, O Lord, to live my life with reference to the eternal life in the name of Jesus. Let's pray that God will take control of the throne of our hearts. Let's pray that God will give us the grace even to live a sacrificial life. Let's pray that God will help us to serve others generously. To pray that God will help you not to take advantage of others, but to serve others in every situation. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to bring your word to your people. Lord, even as I've shared your word with your people, Lord, we pray that you help everyone of us to trust you all the way in the name of Jesus. Help us to live a sacrificial life. Help us to live a life that is worthy of remembrance in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen.